Previously heard on Good Hope FM. 821. This is Good Hope FM with Nigel Pierce. Nelson Mandela Day. 67 minutes. A lot of companies, um, a lot of people doing their bits for Nelson Mandela, embracing the Nelson Mandela spirit, espousing the Nelson Mandela spirit, the Nelson Mandela legacy. We're joined now by Dennis Goldberg, Ravonia trialist. Dennis, good morning and welcome to the show, sir. Good morning and to your audience as well. Dennis, when did you first meet Nelson Mandela? Yeah. You know, I can never remember the date. But he had been on a trip throughout Africa, and then he'd gone to England, then he'd come back. He'd left without a passport, which made him something of an illegal. And then he travelled through South Africa, reporting on his trip and his meet- meetings with leaders of the independent African countries, in Ethiopia, in uh, Accra, meeting with Kwame Nkrumah. And he came to Cape Town, there was a meeting. There were 10 or so people there from all the Congress uh, comrades, um, ANC, uh, Communist Party, Congress of Democrats, Colored People's Congress, SACTU. And he was reporting on his discussions about support for the idea of armed struggle, which he believed was necessary. And he was accompanied by Walter Sisulu, the great Walter Sisulu. And they calmly laid out why they thought armed struggle was necessary. And uh, I remember asking him, what's the point of the struggle? And he said, one person, one vote. And I said, but there are lots of ways of getting there. He said, we want one person, one vote on the basis of full equality, and that's what we're going for. How long it will take, we don't know, he said. Maybe our people will get tired. Maybe the resistance is get, we'll get what we can and move on from there to build further. That's my recollection of that first meeting. And I think it was September 1961. Or two. I'm not sure of the date. <laughs> I'm just not sure of the date. You know, I didn't keep diaries of secret meetings. <laughs> <laughs> what? The police, the police will know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him on, Jason. Let's get the police on from 1961. Someone must be alive. 823. <laughs> this is Kudo Buffet with Nigel Pierce, Dennis Goldberg, Ravonia trialist. What? What drew you? What was the magnetism about Nelson Mandela? And then your role in this armed struggle, Dennis Goldberg? Well, what drew me to him? This was clearly a scholar, uh, in the sense, no, I don't mean an academic. I mean, this, first we knew he was, he'd risen very rapidly through the ranks of the ANC. Uh, and his partnership with Oliver Tambo had become famous. They were brothers in arms and in their first law practice, the first black uh, partnership uh, attorney practice in Joburg, right near the magistrate's court in Joburg. And he, what drew me to him? His clarity of expression, his determination... You know, the media called him the Black Pimpernel. We seek him here, we seek him there, we seek him everywhere. Uh, Obviously, uh, after the Scarlet Pimpernel uh, of literature. And 
this was a comrade who was up front. He was courageous, not a hothead, a thinker. The way he presented the case, but I had been arguing for armed struggle for a year, and I was happy to hear that we were serious about it. And so when Encontra was formed, uh, December 1961 was launched, um, I had been asked to join, and <laughs> I'm a trained civil engineer, very privileged first-generation white South African. I'd been active for a number of years in the Congress of Democrats, so the Congress Alliance, and I could see there was a deadlock. And my comrade said to me, Comrade, you have technical knowledge. Our people have been denied that knowledge. Will you serve as technical officer on the Western Cape Regional Command of Encontra West Seasway? And I said, yes. And they said, but think about it. And I said, but you know I've been arguing for it. And the reason for that is I grew up during World War II. I was 12 in 1945 at the end of that war. And for me, the most heroic people were the people who fought behind the Nazi lines, the partisans in Italy, the guerrilla fighters in Russia and Hungary, Bulgaria, and the Maquis in France, people all over the world, all over Europe, for whom liberty was more important than their own lives. And inside Nazi Germany itself, there were people who put their lives on the line for freedom from Nazi racial and economic policies. <coughs> and I knew that when the time came that we needed this in South Africa for the cause of justice, for equality, to be able for us to live in freedom together as people, I would have to take my part. So when I was asked, I said yes. And I joined the Western Cape Regional Command. And then the government passed new laws, the 90-Day Detention Act and the Sabotage Act, which carried the death penalty. And my comrades in Cape Town said I should leave the country but go through headquarters, the high command in Joburg. So I went there and I said, Comrade, please stay. We're planning an armed uprising with 7,000 men under arms. This is big stuff, you know. And were you afraid, comrade, Dennis, at, at the time? Were, were you afraid? Well, you know, was I afraid? I was excited. I said, please stay. I became a full-time revolutionary. And for us at the time, the high command that I was then asked to join in, you know, for us, the revolution was around the corner. Every day we were preparing. And so they asked me to make the weapons for these 7,000 men. What did you make, Dennis? People. No. And then to train people how to make them. First, I had to research how to make them. Then I had to start making them, that is to find the simple methods that people could use. And so we were preparing for that when, damn it, we got arrested in the raid on Lily's Leap, 11th of July, 1963. And so, man, that was like a bucket of ice water poured over us, you know. Um, the plan that we had was, I think, over-elaborate. 
But you have to start somewhere. And you asked me, was I afraid? Of course, I didn't want to end up dead. I wanted to live. I wanted to be part of the struggle. But you do what you have to do when it's necessary. Otherwise, it's just empty words. 829, this is Good Hope FM with Nigel Pierce, Ravonia trialist on Nelson Mandela Day. Dennis Goldberg has joined us. Dennis, on the 11th of July, 1963, at that farm in Ravonia, uh, you were caught, you were surrounded. How yeah. did the police find you? I've always wanted to ask someone that. How did they know? Did someone, did, did someone give you up? We, we, we're not sure. Uh, there's been a lot of research done by Nicholas Wolfe, who's director of the Lilliesleaf Foundation, and the farm is there with a wonderful museum. And they've gone through British archives and American archives. Uh, we don't know if it was just a police uh, thing, uh, <coughs> just a, a police tip-off, or one of our comrades, or uh, British intelligence, or uh, we, we're not absolutely sure. But maybe it was our own carelessness. Too many people who were known to the police going there. Uh, whatever happened, it's history. We got caught, damn it. <laughs> Half past eight. Uh, Dennis Goldberg has joined us. Uh, Ravonia trialist on Mandela Day. Dennis, what, uh, would, what would Nelson Mandela say about the state of the nation on the 18th of July, 2017? I think he would want to say... we've. I think he would repeat what he said in the Ravonia trial, that we want to live to see a society where we can live in peace and harmony as equals. To uphold those values of a non-racial, non-sexist South Africa, those kind of words come out of our Freedom Charter of 1955. They're written into our Constitution of 1996, that we must build a society that is inclusive, and at the same time we have to overcome the discrimination of the past. There's the difficulty. How do you overcome hundreds of years of inequality, and can you do it quickly? Those who have power don't give it up easy. Those who have nothing want more and more and more and want it quickly. And so I think he would say, how do we mobilize our people to achieve our goals? Because, you know, it wasn't Madiba just saying, we want freedom and F.W. de Klerk or P.W. Boerter released him. It was that we had a mass movement where we didn't control every aspect, but where people followed the leadership of the great Oliver Tambo, because Nelson was in prison, they were brothers in arms and in every way, ending up with the United Democratic Front of roughly two million people. Um, people set us free because of leaders who could inspire, who could find the way forward. Whatever problem there was, they analyzed it and found a way forward. Now we seem to have a top-down leadership who ruled in the interests of a small elite. And this is the problem for us. You know, I see 
President Zuma again defending the idea of white monopoly capital. Well, monopoly capital I understand. I understand class consciousness and the fact that all over the world those who own society, whether it's in Europe or America, dominate. How do we mobilize our people to deal with the racism that is inherent in our history in South Africa? It's going to take the members of the ANC to be conscientized to say to the president and the top six and the leadership in every province and city and municipality, you have to rule in the interests of the people, not yourselves, because you're crying white monopoly capital and you're using that to justify the theft of, rape, of taxpayers' money to make a few black people very rich and to make the certain family, the Guptas, so very rich with the money flowing out of the country not benefiting black South Africans at all, but robbing us of the wealth that our people create on a daily basis. And this is why us veterans, and I know I believe Nelson Mandela would be one of our veterans with us, stalwarts and veterans as we call ourselves, are calling on ANC members to step up and say, we want to uphold the values, and if we need a new leadership, then we need a new leadership. And Nelson Mandela, when he presented the first election manifesto in September 1960, 63, uh, 93, before the first election, he said to the delegate at the Kasatu at the SACTU conference, now Kasatu, he said, if, if you say we will betray the working class, then vote us out of office and elect a new leadership. You are the ANC. It is the members of the ANC who must control the leaders, not the leaders who control the members. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he would repeat that now today, just as we and the stalwarts and veterans, the 101 plus group, are saying, step up, you're going to have conferences, you have to renew the leadership to go back to why we fought for our liberation from apartheid. 837. That's my belief. 8.37, this is Good Up FM with Nigel Pierce. Dennis Goldberg has joined us, Ravonia trialist. Dennis, what has happened to the ANC over the last 25 years? Um, and wh why have certain members of the ANC allowed it to happen? Well, I think we saw what was happening. But we said, well, we're on the learning curve. We've never governed before. People don't know how to handle government and the administration and so on. And you know, for years before the end of apartheid, in every township, you could buy things that had flown over the wall. You got an invoice for the full price, but it was stolen from the factory. This was a kind of revenge against the white owners of commerce and industry. And I think this attitude has remained. And, and the government was the enemy, and yet government is still the enemy. But it's our government, and we can control it. I think, I think we kept quiet for too long. 
But when we did start speaking out, uh, there were some who spoke out before me. I started speaking out after uh, the Marikana massacre, where I said, this cannot be that our leadership has failed to deal with this huge gap between the income of the highly skilled workers, managers, shareholders, and companies, and and ordinary base-level workers who, who struggle to survive. This was the key thing we had to do, and I think we took too long to begin to address that mm. more firmly. What's your response, Dennis? And we're running out of time. We will obviously get you on again. What's your yeah. response to some of the criticism leveled against Nelson Mandela, particularly those that have a, a, a far more uh, belligerent approach to, to politics, particularly around his softening towards the previous regime, um, those that had power, those that ha- have, ha- yeah. have and had capital? You know, you know, our young people in particular, and older ones as well, I'm talking about the born trees mainly, they have no idea of the conditions in the period of 90 to 94 after Nelson was released and him being elected to president and immediately afterwards. It was a very tricky thing simply to hold on to electoral power. Um, and it took very careful manipulation. And you know, during those four years, the apartheid security forces murdered with their black allies, mainly in KwaZulu-Natal, between 10 and 12 million people. Also in Alexandra Township, in Joburg, the heart of the ANC history and leadership. And so how, as leaders, do you settle this problem? We want to live, our people are being killed every day. Do you say the killing doesn't matter, we will go on and let people die, and they were being killed on a mass scale? Or do you say we need peace, and we need to move on with using the political power? But then you see some very fine comrades in the leadership began to say, oh, now it's my turn to get rich. I can milk the state. I can be... A, 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 a board member of a big corporation and they pay me for sitting on my backside and steering contracts their way. Just think of the case where President, now President Zuma was accused of 500 million rands of corruption with Shabir Sheikh. A, fi- a 500, yeah, 500,000 rands of corruption. Now we talk 20 billion rands of kickbacks for companies. Look what's happened through our leaders who have decided they're going to get rich. They've joined the ranks of monopoly capital and then cry about monopoly capital and say the white ones are cheating us and these are cheating us as well. This is the problem for me today and we have to deal with it. Dennis Goldberg, many, many thanks for your time this morning. Ravonia Trilist, 8.42 on Nelson Mandela Day. 67 minutes.
That's what companies, people around the world, people in the city, the elders are walking today as well. Richard Branson is part of that walk from the Grand Parade to CTICC. Um, it starts early this afternoon, ends at about quarter to three this afternoon. Hey, yo, check it out. Good Hope FM. Goodhopefm.co.za now.